1: That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again.
0: You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Behind the scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson. Welcome to an extended edition of Inside Sources. We'll be with you all the way until 3 o'clock, coming down the home stretch here, when we'll pass off to Jeff Kaplan, who will get you home safely and smartly. Uh, as we continue our conversation today, I want to uh, bring on one of my new favorite people on the planet. Someone who uh, is a, a real heroine in her own right. Someone who has inspired a community and a family, uh, and has been making a difference moving forward through some really challenging times. Uh, yesterday, as we were talking about grief, uh, I got a uh, an instant message from Jenny Taylor, uh, wife and widow of Major Brent Taylor. Former uh, mayor of North Ogden, who was uh, tragically uh, killed in Afghanistan, and uh, Jenny, one thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today.
0: Hey, thanks, Boyd. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, You've been an inspiration to so many. As we were as we were uh, texting back and forth yesterday. Obviously, with all of the things going on, the the real mourning that's going on or, and the grieving going on around the country, uh, obviously that touched something in, in you. Tell me what your feelings have been like uh, over the past week.
0: You know, it's it hit so close to home. As I listened to your segment yesterday and you shared those pieces from what Joe Biden had said, I thought I've never felt such a deep connection to the former vice president. But when he spoke of losing his his wife and then again his son and just what grief is really like, I thought, oh, my heart just tugs. And and to think of these people who've lost people in Texas and Ohio and to have the, the grief process be so public it's something that's so personal it's so private it's so deep it's so internal and yet it's so public because people all around the country and around the world are mourning with them and, and grieving and want to hear their stories and want to be a part of it and want to join them and yet you you kind of crave that privacy and you want to hibernate and just run away from everyone but you know you can't because it's it really is a public loss when something like this happens. So my heart has just broken again for them. And I feel just like Joe Biden said, I can say, maybe I do understand a little but I certainly don't understand exactly what they've gone through because I haven't been through the same kind of grief and the same kind of tragedy they're facing.
1: Yeah. And it's uh, I want to talk for a little bit more about uh, this idea. When you, when you talked about public grief uh, and how challenging that is and uh, we obviously watched you go through uh, the most traumatic of events in losing your husband uh, far away uh, from home and being having to do that publicly. Uh, share with us some of the, the challenges to that.
0: You know, it, it is challenging because you, again, like I said, you when something like that happens, you want to hide, you want to go climb into your bed and never come out. But for one, I have seven kids, and obviously that's not an option. That's
1: not going to happen, yeah. Like,
0: Yeah, trust me, I've tried a few times and it really ends badly. But, um, you know, it was a really powerful moment for me when I realized that people in my community, people around town, people in the state here weren't just mourning for me because they'd heard of Brent's death. They genuinely were mourning with me. And that was such a perspective changer for me Mm -hmm. to see people coming and crying, not just because they feel bad that my husband's gone or feel bad that my children have lost their father. They really loved Brent, too, or they really cared that, a, that an American soldier was killed in the line of duty also, or people around the city that respected Brent as a mayor, even people who disagreed with him wholeheartedly politically mm-hmm. and still looked at it and say, but this man just gave his life for our country. It's really changed my perspective because... Again, we're we're grieving together genuinely. They're not just comforting me. We're comforting each other because we are sharing this grief, this sense of loss, and this sense of shock. Yeah. So it is it is something different. I mean, I've never lost a husband in private, so I guess I can't tell you exactly how it's different. But it was early on after Brent died, within those first few hours and days, when I sat down with all the adults in our family. So my parents, Brent's parents, any of our siblings that were here, we had somewhere else for the kids to be. And I just shared with them some of my thoughts that I realized that early on this would be a very public thing and and that we could either run from that and disdain that and be bitter about that or we could embrace that and, and see the beauty. And I, in the last nine months, have been overwhelmed with just what a magic there is in in sharing our grief as yeah. the way the public and people have never met have come out, and I, I see their heartache, and we share heartache, and we cry together. And you don't need words; you don't need words when your hearts connect on something like that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that perspective. If you're just joining us, uh, Jenny Taylor, uh, widow to Major Brent Taylor, uh, who passed away nine months ago in Afghanistan, and as we've been talking about this grief, Jenny, you you have showed such courageous vulnerability to to allow people to to grieve and mourn with you, and to to rally with you. Uh, I want to talk for a minute about this uh, idea. We, we've we've kind of framed it in terms of there's there's mourning m o u r n i n g, but then there's this move to get to mourning m o r n i n g, and that that morning that comes next. Uh, tell us about some of the things that you're doing, some of the activities you're engaged in to preserve a legacy and to expand influence in a positive way uh, with your children, with your community.
0: Yeah, you know, Boyd, I just the other day was thinking kind of half joking but half serious. I don't know which has come as a bigger shock to me personally, the news of Brent's death nine months ago or the events that have taken place in the nine months since then. I never, ever would have predicted what what has happened, what opportunities our family has had. Um, Sometimes some of my kids will get a little bit worn out of, uh, you know, again, you want to go home, you want to hide, you don't want to share your grief, you don't want to share, and I'm trying to be so sensitive and so careful to that, and at one recent event, my teenage son said, well, couldn't you just say no, we're not available, and I said, Lincoln, if someone calls me and says, we would like to honor you and your family, I can't say no to that, because I know they're not honoring us or Brent or our family alone but they're honoring what we now have this surreal opportunity to represent. Servicemen and women, families of the military throughout the country and throughout time. So we've tried to find ways to take Our grief, and just like Viktor Frankl said, find some purpose in it, some meaning to your pain, and that has led in very unpredictable ways to the formation of a foundation in Brent's Honor, where we're trying to provide scholarships and leadership training opportunities for future leaders to have his service-oriented approach to leadership. We've tried to make ourselves available at any opportunity that wants to to be patriotic, to honor patriotism, to honor honor heroism, to honor sacrifice. And again, not at all for our own heroism or sacrifice, but because of what we represent. Before Brent and I ever met, I was a history teacher, American history, government classes. I love this country. He loved this country long before we ever loved each other. And it's been such a humbling opportunity to now find myself on the other side of history. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've been on processionals, yeah. walking a car drive by, waving flags with my children. Now I've been in the professional, and I've been vehicle number two, yeah. right behind the hearse. And, and what a perspective. I've been to Dover on a flight line in the middle of the night and seen things that very, very few Americans living have ever seen. And I don't say that to be boastful or for any type of attention to myself, but I feel compelled to share that story, to share that experience, to share those images even, because I think America needs to see and feel and feel connected to the servicemen and women who've given so much. So we have this foundation that our family's working on. We're working with a great movement called Follow the Flag, which started in Pleasant Grove and now has a chapter in North Ogden. We've had the opportunity, again, very unexpected. In the last couple of months, my hometown of North Ogden has lost two more active right. military members. And and what a perspective that gave me to say, can I now come home the flag for you? Can I come to the funeral as you prepare to, to bury your loved one and, and meet the mother of another soldier or the wife of the fallen Coast Guard member? And, again, it, it's just like Vice President Biden said, there aren't really words, but when you know someone's really been through something like that that you've been through, the minute you meet, there's a connection. Your soul is connected and your commitment to let something good come from this. It would be really easy to just focus on how tragic this is. I've got seven kids who are going to grow up without a father in the home. Um, we, you know, we could go on and on with the, the trials or the challenges the psychological issues that could come from this. Or we could say, oh, what a beautiful opportunity our family has to have this very unique feat yeah in the viewpoint of history Um, we just barely learned of a new thing that a new movement throughout the country for gold star families it's a physical monument it's a beautiful granite slab wonderful that's um, that's being put up throughout the country and i've contacted our city we're hoping to get one up here and do the fundraising necessary to get that installed right here in north ogden that can represent gold star families throughout time and we have residents in our city whose loved one died in world war ii or, oh, wow. or korea yeah. or, and i'm sure you do in your hometown i'm sure you do fortunately we aren't losing nearly as many nearly as quickly now as we did then but those family members are still here That's when right. my kids grow up and have a beautiful happy life and when they're married and they have children They are still Gold Star kids.
2: That's right.
0: They still lost their father. We don't ever want that to be lost. Sure. So we're working to get one of those monuments here in North Ogden, and then our goal on the next level would be to get one somewhere in the Salt Lake area that we could honor Utah's fallen. And, again, not just from 9-11 on. We're talking all generations because what I've realized in the nine months, you never – that hole in your heart, you might build a bridge over it. You might learn to like bungee over it, but you don't ever feel it. Even right. If your life is very fulfilled. Yeah. And I heard some of the things you said yesterday about noticing that your father is so ingrained in your life where you go and you, you feel him, you notice him, you see him, but he's still not here. And, right. and that still tugs a different way. That's right. So if, if there's anything our family can do that can help remember and honor and recognize I mean, there's hundreds of thousands who have given their lives for our country, not just one. That's right. Not just one yeah. mayor, not just one father, not just one son. There are hundreds of thousands. And if somehow for some reason, for some time, this time right now, if we had the opportunity to help highlight that and honor that, then we will very humbly rise to that occasion.
1: Uh, Jenny Taylor, thank you so much. Uh, really important perspective uh, for all of us to think through if you missed uh, any part of this segment go listen to the podcast this is one every utah every american should listen to jenny thank you for your courageous vulnerability for your service and patriotism and uh, we'll have you back and we'll continue this conversation thanks for joining us today
0: thank you Boyd. thanks for what you're talking about it is so, so important for our communities
1: all right thanks again jenny taylor a widow of major brent taylor uh, a critical conversation uh, Go back, listen to that one. It matters. It'll make a difference for you. All right, we'll step aside for a very quick commercial break. We'll come back and wrap up the show today. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. We'll be right back.
2: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds.
1: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you here on KSL News Radio today. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground in the last two and a half hours and had some important conversations uh, on a wide range of, of issues today and uh, obviously a lot of heavy issues today. Uh, but I don't know about you. If, if you happen to have missed our last segment, uh, with Jenny Taylor, uh, widow of Major Brent Taylor. Uh, she is an inspiring leader um, and just an extraordinary patriot, and her willingness to have that courageous vulnerability to allow all of us to mourn with her and her family, uh, not just for her and her family. That is a transformational leader uh, in action. In fact, I'm going to pull Jeff, can I pull you in for a second? Jeff Kaplan came in uh, partway during our our segment with Jenny, uh, and you made a really profound statement in terms of just how eloquent and how powerful her words were.
2: I I don't know her before her husband died, but to hear her now and how eloquent that she is out of necessity, Mm -hmm. it's it's wonderful and it's so saddening that she has to be that now. Yeah, it really that, struck me as she was. talking. Yeah,
1: and she is so eloquent and is so inviting. I have I have watched Jenny. Uh, Did air, <laughs> I have I have watched Jenny carry entire crowds uh, at the follow the flag down in Pleasant Grove uh, during July. Uh, she lifted thousands of people in in an instant uh, with an authenticity uh, that is, that is inspiring. And then her eloquence, as you mentioned, Jeff, uh, is just really transformational.
2: I mean, if you think about it, she's a woman raising a family, seven, seven kids in North Ogden. Suddenly she's the focus of the national media yeah. and she's risen to that.
1: Yeah, she, she has. In fact, uh, uh, she, she mentioned to our producer Kylie that, uh, <laughs> in the interview she just did with us, uh, you know, you have seven children and I've, I've been guilty of doing. Oh, are you interviews. going to tell this story? There, there are interviews I have done locked in a bathroom. <laughs> there are interviews I have done, you know, standing outside in the rain because the kids are crying. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just going to say this: Jenny had a very high degree of difficulty <laughs> in terms of her location uh, for the interview today. Uh, but as always, uh, she uh, rose up and, and delivered just an inspirational message at an important time. Uh, On a day when everyone is talking about, well, what is the rhetoric? What is the conversation going to be Uh, as the president makes stops in Dayton, Ohio, where he was this morning? uh, He arrived. He has arrived in El Paso uh, for a a visit there. And obviously, there's a a lot of political angles to all of this. And there's political rhetoric happening on both sides uh, of the political aisle. Uh, that have nothing to do with grieving or mourning as a country. And the the thing we, we have to get to as a country is we, we are going to mourn, and we're really good at that. We're We're good at coming together in moments of unity. But if that's all we do, we aren't living up to our challenge and our heritage and our legacy as Americans. Because just rallying for a moment, is not what we're about as a country. It's about a movement. It's about moving forward. It's about continuing to to look out for one another. And we have seen uh, here in the state of Utah over and over again uh, with Major Brent T- Taylor nine months ago. It's hard to believe it's been nine months. Um, we came together, and uh, as as Jenny Taylor so eloquently said, you know, we mourned with each other, not just. For this family that's grieving and and having big challenges, uh, and then the thing that is most inspiring to me is that the Taylor family could take a a tragic moment, a difficult moment, a moment that will not change over the course of a lifetime, but they've transformed that uh, not just into a moment of mourning, m o u r n i n g, but they've transformed it into mourning. M-O-R-N-I-N-G. And we need a lot more people, a lot more focused on creating mourning in America, because that's who we are, and that's who we need to be as a country. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us on a Wednesday. This is Boyd Matheson. I am the opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as always, as you go out into the world today, see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference.